This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live once again. Your day-to-day play-by-play back in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's Labor Day! This is a significant day for us. It's been eight years since we started the show. Spence, great to have you back, man. It is good to be back. It's great to have you here. Wherever and however all of you are connected, wonderful to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who literally just left Las Vegas, Jerem Jordan. Let's get to that in a minute. How are you feeling, man? Better. Good. Emotional to be back in Studio B. Kind of a strange last month, but so happy to be back talking football. BYU potentially to the Big 12. I feel like I've been missing out on so many good things. Listen, you got here right in time uh, because I don't know if you knew this. BYU just played Arizona. Okay. And BYU plays Utah this week, and BYU's going to get into the Big 12 at the end of this or next week. It feels like, right, from reports. So, yeah, um, everybody in Las Vegas, literally Elvis came up to me and asked me about you too. <laughs> so it was, it was crazy, man. The Fan Fest was incredible Friday night. Missed you there. Missed you at the game, of course. But everybody asked me about you, including one uh, Danny Ainge, including one Zach Wilson. Just everybody was like, how's Spencer doing? And so I said, he's just getting his strength back, and then he'll be back soon. So here we are. I didn't, I didn't necessarily know it would be Monday, so this is great. It was pretty overwhelming to have uh, so many people ask about my health. And, in fact, on my way in, I stopped at a local gas station just to grab something really quickly and had a BYU fan say, hey, you don't know me. It's so good to see you off oxygen. How you feeling? And uh, really just, I mean, that little interaction kind of sums up thousands of people that have reached out. It's been, it's been trying. It's been super emotional. But uh, just so grateful for everyone across BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, we're glad to have you, man. And at the Fan Fest, like, you know, we, we have a line, we're chatting, and uh, everyone's asking. Everyone's asking, so... It's good to have you back, dude. I apologize that you had to answer so many questions. No, I'm here for this. No, it was great, dude. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it, it was it was awesome. And uh, yeah, we, we missed you on the sideline, but we're excited that uh, you're here today, which means uh, you're here for Utah we're, Week. We're discussing. Yeah, you're here for Utah Week. Listen, yeah, I'm and Big game. Twelve. <laughs> it's game week, baby. <laughs> Will this be the first time BYU meets up with Utah as a fellow Power Five opponent? Sort of. Maybe we'll find Maybe, out. Sort of, right? We'll find out. Yeah. All part of a loaded Monday show lineup featuring, of course, the highs, the lows, the encouraging, the concerning from BYU football season opening win over Arizona, and, yes, turning the page to Utah. Where does BYU have a competitive advantage against the Utes? ESPN's Trevor Maddich will answer that question. Plus, what is the latest in BYU to the Big 12 in this whole bonanza? Is an invite forthcoming this week? Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU beat Arizona 24-16 Saturday night in Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. What a showing from BYU fans in this one. By my estimation, I said 75% on Twitter at the beginning of the game. I think it was 80 80 or 85%. There were 40,000-plus BYU fans. It was an unbelievable showing. Uh, Jaron Hall goes 18 of 28, 198, passing two touchdowns. Neil Pau, career high, eight catches, 126, two touchdowns. Tyler Algier almost has another 100-yard game, has a touchdown, five and a half yards carry. Another sack for Tyler Batty, four in total for BYU. One takeaway. It was a uh, win where BYU did not cover, 
but got the dub. We will break it down much more coming up in What's Trending. And, of course, BYU-Utah coming up Saturday night. We've got a very encouraging update on BYU defensive back Keenan Ellis. This from BYU Athletics. Quote, CT scans conducted Saturday night on Keenan Ellis were normal. He spent the night at University Medical Center in Las Vegas for observation and additional testing. Keenan is out of bed, walking, and reported no neck or back pain. He was released from the hospital yesterday. Again, this report is of this morning. He stayed the night in Vegas with his dad and will return home to Provo today. That's great news. That's the best possible news we could have heard because that looked pretty scary. The Las Vegas Review-Journal on Saturday reported BYU will play Notre Dame in Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas next year. Now, open dates uh, might be October 8th or 29th, so we'll see. That game in that stadium will be incredible because just think about it. What will it be like when it's an, uh, a really, really good opponent? You know what I mean? It was Arizona, longest losing streak in the country at 13 right now, let alone Notre Dame. BYU just set the attendance record for a college event in Las Vegas, 54,000-plus. In the state of Nevada. In the state of Nevada. Yeah. That'll be broken when BYU plays Notre Dame. That will be crushed, yeah. 13th-ranked BYU women's volleyball remains unbeaten with a victory over Michigan State on Saturday night in straight sets, 25-14, 25-21, 25-19. Kenzie Kerber, she's really good. good. You've seen her play. She's good at the volleyball. Named the all-tournament MVP. Whitney Bauer, Heather Nighting named to the all-tournament team. BYU in Bowling Green in Pittsburgh and Penn at the Fitzgerald Fieldhouse on the docket. The match will take place Friday, September 10th at noon Eastern time. They're playing Pitt as well. Pitt's top 10. So this is going to be BYU's first real test of the season, which will be fun. They're playing three matches in all, but Pitt's the big one. Ooh. Yeah. Resume building. BYU's coming home at least 8-1, if not 9 Let's see. And Michael Rucker had three Ks and two innings for the Cubs Saturday. Last night, Brendan Lund went two for five for the AAA Salt Lake Bees as well. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU takes down Arizona 24-16. The Cougars, like they did a few years back, led by as many as 18. But like a few years back, that lead dissipated, and it got a little weird late. Yet. They're 1-0 and pushing forward to Utah. Jerem, you were there on the sidelines. You witnessed all of it. The pageantry, the fans, the excitement, the weird comeback by Arizona. What happened against Arizona compared to what didn't go well or happened for BYU against Arizona in that season opener? Yeah, first off, winning's awesome. Winning's awesome. I know Arizona stinks. I called for a uh, you know two-touchdown win. Hey, BYU was pacing for that. And it was 21-3. 21-3 in the third quarter. The safety, the punt goes out at the one. The safety, a weird stretch play to the left, didn't end up working out. Uh, and uh, BYU gives up safety, touchdown, and then, you know, Justin Smith has to make a field goal. What didn't happen was Jake Oldroyd didn't play. He's got, he's got you know, kind of a, an injury that uh, some days he can't go, and he couldn't go. He tried pregame. He was very focused, and I could see that he was, uh, you know, visibly bothered that he couldn't play. I was told he felt like he let his teammates down, but that's not the case when you're injured. You just can't do it, right? So uh, there was a lot of positive. Let's talk about it. BYU won the game. Yeah, hey, 1-0. John Wilner, you were wrong. Uh, Tyler Algier, 94 yards. Almost got a hundy again. Neil Pau, career game. Amazing. 8 for 126-2. Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall had moments where it was like, oh, this is the dude we've been waiting to watch, right? There were other moments offensively for BYU where the Cougars kind of struggled and made some weird uh, plays, but all good. 
Um, you know, Hall finished the game. That's a positive. Hey, it hasn't, con- it hasn't happened until this game. He didn't get a concussion, right? Uh, defense, 16 points allowed, four sacks, one takeaway. I, I like that. Uh, Chris Jackson atoned for the Coastal Carolina reverse with the fourth and five. 11 yards, right? Then laid out a block on the next play to spring uh, Keanu Hill. Mm-hmm. Rudy ran out the flag. That was cool. I, uh, I talked to him. I asked him if he was offside in the movie. What do you think he said? Of course he said no. He said no. <laughs> and I know it wasn't him. And that what was did you him. respond? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I said, well, great to disagree. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the band was there. That was cool. First time in 20 years they'd been to an out-of-state uh, non-bowl game. That was cool. The pride of the, the Wasatch. Of the Wasatch. The power of the, the yeah. power of the Wasatch. Yeah. Tyler Batty had another sack. That means five sacks in five games. He's a, he's a beast, dude. Like, in person watching, I was like, this guy sticks out. Uh, and then some of the signs that BYU had that they put up. One is Bob Marley. One is Gandalf. I just love the creativity. <laughs> okay, what didn't happen that needs to happen, right? Nakua's didn't play. They're not quite ready with the hamstrings. Hopefully they will be this week. Max Tooley didn't play at linebacker. Max Tooley didn't play. Jake Goldren, I mentioned. Um, Bjorg didn't cover. Dallin Holker was targeted a couple times. Didn't actually get a catch. But uh, there was a lot of positive. Does BYU need to play way better than that to beat Utah? Obviously. BYU cannot play the way it played against Arizona and beat Utah. Just I don't, I don't see that happening. But... There was a lot of positive. Uh, make some tweaks. Kalani said as much after the game uh, to me. You know, I wish I could have that second half back. You know, he said. Okay, so now for the concerning, and part of that second half was BYU's struggles against Arizona's receivers on the outside in space. Now, this is not something that has never happened to BYU, and frankly, a lot of teams across the country struggled defending athletic speed. On the outside. So how does BYU address that? Because Utah certainly brings those type of receivers. And you better believe that the Utes were honed in on what Arizona was doing in the second half to cause BYU some problems. So that's a little bit of a concern. BYU gave up over 300 pass yards. When you're up 21-3, you are going to give up some pass yards because just naturally that other team is going to be chucking it. And you go into prevent defense. I'm not overly concerned necessarily about that number. But then I look and I see freshmen in Arizona, and I go, eh, it's a little high. Like, I would have liked, uh, you know, like 10 points allowed in this one. Although there were two missed field goals. I mean, Arizona easily could have been into the 20s. It could have been a 24-22 game. Yeah, I was hoping BYU would get into the 30s against that Arizona defense. Again, uh, someone said, Jeremy, you were wrong. They didn't win by whatever. No, 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 Arizona still stinks. They have the, the nation's longest losing streak among FBS teams. They stink. So, therefore, I wish BYU would have played a little better. But, BYU's got Utah right where they want him. Oh, look at, look at BYU's performance against Arizona. Eh, I don't know, man. Hey, Jaron Hall's saving his best for the next one, right? That wasn't Jaron Hall's best performance. And it was the first one. And it was Allegiant and Saturday Night in Vegas. And it almost didn't matter who was across from him. There were going to be some first game issues. He hasn't started in the game in two years. I'm all... I, I'm okay with it. I'm not happy, but I'm okay with it because BYU learned a lot of things that I think they can shore up. And guess where this game's being played this week? It's at home. Utah's good. I'm not sure they're like 10, 11, 12 win good this year, right? But I think they're 8, 9 win good. Maybe they're 10 win good. We'll see. Jaron Hall started one for six, notably shaky, sped up. I'm sure the nerves talked about the huge national stage. You got 40,000-plus BYU fans in an NFL stadium. 
but he calmed down, finished 17, 17 for 27. So 18 for 28 overall. 17 of 22. Sorry, 17 for 22 that. after that. Yeah, he was yeah. 18 for 28 overall. Yeah. And I couldn't help but compare, well, what did Jaron Hall do against what Max Hall did in his first start against Arizona, notably? And the pass percentages, similar. Yards per attempt, similar. A couple of touchdown passes. Like The 39-yard run was awesome, although he told me after I felt slow. Which like, is weird because I, I was like, wow, he's fast. He felt like he should have scored a touchdown there, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. He also more, caught a pass. More on yeah. Jaron Hall. What did Trevor Maddich think of Mr. Hall's opening performance against Arizona? But not before we get to our question of the day. What was the best thing you saw on Saturday night? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Bryson Denny answers on Instagram. Quote, how active the defense was. The blitzing. You talked about the four sacks, Jerem. Yes, yes. The corners, linebackers and safeties, batting down balls. That was great. Glad Keenan Ellis is doing well, seeing a lot of offensive potential. There is still stuff BYU needs to work on, but I am glad BYU is learning from a win instead of learning from a loss. Go Cougars beat Utah. One other thing of note, Gunnar Romney obviously got hurt, rolled up on blocking, hurt his knee. We'll see, you know, if he's <sighs> if he how long he's out. It feels like he's it feels like he's likely to miss Utah, but we'll see. Well, when you're on the bench and you're not in weight bearing and you got crutches, when you're in crutches, that's not a good. Don't situation. anticipate he's going to play against Utah. Yeah, so the Nakua's hopefully can go because they they can change this game. Neil Pau, by the way, just number one number one guy. He's the number one receiver unless he's dethroned. Like he showed, he's the number one guy. He took the Dax Milne spot. He did the thing where he just took the spot. I love it. I love the tweet from Cody Hoppin. It said. Oh, there's just something about those guys that were at number two on BYU. <laughs> well, number two is number one now. He really is yep. the number one receiver right yep. now. Okay, coming up is BYU versus Notre Dame in Vegas. The best possibility for that matchup now that we've seen a game down there. Plus, it's a next-level edition of Maddich Monday because we're back in football season with fans and pageantry, yes. and BYU's coming off a win. It's Utah week. Maddich Monday with ESPN's Trevor Maddich up next on BYUSN. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today on Coordinator's Corner, Offensive Coordinator Aaron Ronner, Defensive Coordinator Alex Tuyaki, join the show to recap the Arizona game. Look ahead to all the Utah game on Saturday, 1 Eastern on the BYU TV. Oh yeah, that's happening. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Great to be back. I am Spencer Linton. That is Jerem Jordan. Apparently, it's white shirt day. It's white shirt day. Let's go. Labor day. Is that a, that's not a thing? Ooh, that's right. Is that a tie-in on accident to that? An accidental tie-in. Okay. Good point. Maybe fate tied that in. I don't believe it. Can I wear my white pants after this day? You do whatever. It's America. You know? We've decided that's okay, right? Sure. Okay. Whatever. Also okay, the man who is joining us now, ESPN College Football Insider. He's an expert, analyst, national champion, Trevor Maddich. Trevor Great to have you back on the show after a full weekend of college football. How was it for you? It was astonishing. I mean, to have fans back in the stadium, all the pageantry, all the pregame celebrations, all the things that happened, I think reminded us of what we missed last year and reminded us why college football is not just great entertainment. It is important to communities, to cities, 
to everybody that cares about anything associated with it. This college football opening weekend was, to me, about as perfect as it could possibly have been. Yeah, it was fun to just be back. And the showing from Cougar Nation in Vegas was incredible, Trevor. We talked about what happened versus what didn't happen and our thoughts on that. How would you assess everything around the Arizona game? I think it was a good fight. If you look at it from 30,000 feet, I expect it to be more of a fight than a lot of people did because Arizona is not nearly as unfortunate this season as a lot of people thought they might be. They've got good Pac-12 speed on the perimeters. They've got Pac-12 speed in their defense. They brought in a whole bunch of, of transfers, especially on defense, to help bulk that up. This was a team that was a lot more dangerous than people thought coming into this. And I thought BYU was in a real fight with them, a legitimate fight. And BYU showed that they have retained their toughness and their ability to win those kinds of games. What was your number one takeaway from BYU's overall performance? My number one takeaway is that Jaron Hall is the real deal. Jaron Hall did a wonderful job, I thought, overall. Now, he didn't have three of his potentially top receivers. Gunnar Romney got hurt. The Nakua brothers didn't play for the most part. And so you had a quarterback making his first start as the quarterback, as the guy with short weapons. And so what Arizona State was able to do is focus on the tight ends, and keep them from being effective. And in targeting the tight ends, they had five targets and two catches, both of them by Isaac Rex, I think. And so they took those guys pretty much out of the game. And then Neil Pau, who had more receiving yards than all the other receivers, running backs, and tight ends combined. That's not going to fly against Utah. But I thought it was a good job by Jaron Hall in going to the guy he needed to go to and to manage this game without making any big mistakes. And I think that was an outstanding start to the Jaron Hall era. Yeah, it was pretty good. Neil Powell was uh, awesome as well. Like you mentioned, Tyler Algier almost had 100 yards. So the good news is BYU won, and certainly there were some uh, areas where BYU can improve going into week two. But it felt like, especially against this Arizona team, Trevor, maybe BYU should have won by more. They're up 21-3. to Arizona climbs back in it. But that's something Kalani Sataki and uh, you just mentioned the Cougars can improve on uh, as they prepare for a better Utah team. That's right, and really it's pass coverage and pass defense that they need to improve on because they they well and truly stuffed the Arizona running game. I've got no problem with that side of it from the standpoint of Arizona, although Utah is a, a different animal when it comes to rushing the football. But the way they came back was passing the ball. I liked some things that the Cougar defense did, especially when it came to blitzing in certain key situations. They brought linebackers. They got after the quarterback. They ended up with four sacks. Two by linebackers, two by defensive line, and that's also good to get the defensive line more involved in sacking the quarterback. But at the same time, especially when Keenan Ellis went out, there was a lot of space in that secondary, and they were able to get fast guys free in space, and that's something that they'll need to tighten up. Now, in fairness, a lot of defenses had trouble with that. Oklahoma, they had a lot of trouble with that. Ohio State, their defense and their opener had a lot of trouble with that. So it's not just BYU. It, in a lot of ways, is an opening week phenomenon for a lot of teams. But they've got to get that part of it tightened up because you know that Utah right now is looking at that game tape and they're thinking, okay, we see spaces in that secondary that we can try to hit and make them prove that they can stop it. ESPN's Trevor Mattis with us on BYU Sports Nation, part of a Mattis Monday following a BYU win over Arizona of course, the Cougars now staring down Utah for the first time in two years. How do you feel like BYU matches up with the Utes 
in 2021? You know, I would have rather they played last year or I would have hoped they would have played last year in addition to this year. Uh, But this year, I think BYU matches up pretty well. The greatest strength of this Utah team is the offensive line. All five starters are back from last year, and Utah typically has a massive, powerful offensive line, and they do. And so BYU's front seven, really the defensive line, is going to have to hold up and stop that running game early and not let them string together first downs or else they could get fatigued as the game goes on because that offensive line is amazing. Then the other strength of the team is the linebacking core, as it usually is for Utah. But it's also the strength of BYU's team. So in some ways, we have a a kind of a dueling linebacker groups that will see which ones can make the fewest mistakes and which ones can make the biggest plays. So I like the fact that that Jaron Hall started so well because Charlie Brewer started pretty well against Weber State last week for Utah. He's the transfer quarterback from Baylor. And he was efficient. He wasn't great. He was efficient. And so Jaron Hall needs to match that efficiency and then add to it some big plays with his arm and his legs in order to be able to make the matchup tilt in favor of BYU. How many times did you lose to Utah again in your career, Trev? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, I've been asked a lot how it feels to lose to your rival. And I've got to tell you, you've got to ask somebody else because we were 4-0 against Utah, 4-0 against Utah State. Uh, So thanks for asking. But I'll tell you what, though, it still hurts when Utah beats BYU. I, I have a lot of respect for the way that Kyle Whittingham gets his team ready to play and a lot of respect for that team. But it, it still hurts. And Utah, they've had it over BYU for a long time. BYU does have the ability to end that streak this year, but they will have to be flawless. And some of their injuries will have to get better in a hurry, especially the Nakua brothers. And we'll see how Gunnar Romney is because Jaron Hall will need those weapons against this Utah defense. Yeah, let's specify where BYU does have an advantage against Utah in your mind. I think if all the receivers are back, I think that the receivers against the Utah secondary this year is an advantage for BYU. Normally, Utah secondary is lights out. This year, it's going to be good, but I don't think it'll be as good as it has been for recent years. I think from the standpoint of the running game, Tyler Algier has the ability to force those linebackers to stay honest in pass coverage. And so as long as he can get the running game going, and I think he will be able to to a degree, that'll open up other things, especially throwing the ball to Algier on play-action pass and have him leak out of the backfield. That's an advantage. And then I think that one advantage that would have been, I think would have been the BYU secondary compared to Utah secondary, but with Keenan Ellis out for this week, you've got an injury situation there. Now the corners were one of the strengths of the team coming into the season, so we'll see how they hold up. But I think you lost a potential advantage by losing that starting caliber uh, corner and then depth that has to step up into the backup spots as you rotate everybody up. So when it comes down to it, I think BYU is going to have to win this game with Jaron Hall throwing the ball, especially to the running backs and get the tight ends more involved, and then Jaron Hall improvising on the run. Now, I also expect, I haven't talked to any of the BYU coaching staff, so this is just my opinion, but I do expect them to call a lot of plays that will get Hall outside the pocket, on the move intentionally. Some of those will be called quarterback runs, but many of them will be 
rollouts, half rolls, bootlegs, waggles, things like that to get him out of the pocket because Utah will try to attack him and speed up his game. And for young quarterbacks, that's always the biggest danger, that if the defense can speed up their thought process, they can force mistakes. So I think BYU will use that agility that Hall has to move that target around in terms of where that pass rush needs to get in order to affect him. And that'll be a huge part of this game. Amen. I know that Jaron hadn't started a game and finished it in his first two until Saturday, so that was good. He mentioned as much to me after the game and smiled about it. But yes, the Utah defense is different, right? So that's going to be interesting. Okay, um, let's talk about the Big 12. Uh, It looks like this is a formality from reports. Just a matter of time. Apparently the Big 12 is going to vote on Friday. Who knows? We could have a press conference next week introducing BYU to the Big 12. Who knows if it's next year or the year after that. Uh, what are your thoughts on this this landmark move for BYU football and BYU athletics? Well, yeah, if it happens, it would be monumental, the biggest off-field thing that ever happened to BYU football, if it happens. Now, right now, there's still a lot of things that could happen to derail it, but and when it might happen, if it does go through like it's expected to, when BYU might join the Big 12 is up in the air as well because they've got a pretty full – slate of contracted games set up through 2024 so you can always get out of those contracts but we'll we'll see how things shake out from there but overall it is monumental it's also monumental for the big 12 should it happen because the four teams that they're talking about bringing in byu houston cincinnati ucf are teams that add a lot of cachet to the remaining eight members of the Big 12. No, no disrespect to them, but it's good to add teams like those four that bring in some clout when you're losing Texas and Oklahoma. And I think BYU, we've talked about this in the past, but it's important that BYU has a truly national and even international fan base. I did a, a quick uh, count of how many LDS people live in SEC states in the SEC footprint, and that was about a half a million. Now, that doesn't mean that that members of the church are always watching BYU, but there's a built-in fan base there. There's a built-in fan base of, of people that aren't members of the church who love exciting college football, who have learned over the decades that when they see that Y on that helmet, they need to stop scrolling through games because something exciting is going to happen. BYU plays an exciting brand of football, win or lose, and that's good. And that helps the Big 12. I think that financially for the Big 12, we still don't know what will happen to them. And this is an important issue as well, because a lot of people are saying, okay, the Big 12 can't make money now with Texas and Oklahoma gone, no matter who they bring in. And I don't know that that's true. I think that they will still be a a viable national brand if they bring in these four teams for television partners. But tech partners are what is interesting to me, because Amazon already has the NFL Thursday night package. And if Amazon or Google or Twitter or some of the other tech giants want to get more involved in college football, this will be the biggest um, league, I guess you could say, that would still be available for a grant of rights because the Big Ten's coming up here and they'll probably get locked up soon. The ACC is locked up in grant of rights through 2036. All of a sudden you've got the Big 12 sitting there with the addition of some very big market, very popular teams. And if you're a tech company, you might jump in and bid that price way up. So you don't know who will be bidding for these grants of rights in future years. And so I wouldn't automatically say that the Big 12 is barely viable. The Big 12 may be a, a very solid conference going forward, not just from a football standpoint, but from a financial standpoint. And we just don't know how all that stuff will shake out. 
Uh, what a week ahead for BYU, Utah on the docket, Big 12 expansion perhaps. But let's finish with this, Trevor. You already talked about how nice it was to see fans and the pageantry of college football back. I think we can all agree on that. What was your biggest takeaway from the results over the entirety of week one of college football? Well, from the results, my biggest takeaway is that we're not sure about some things that we thought we were sure about. For example, Ohio State's defense, I thought would come in a lot better than they performed against Minnesota. Minnesota has a very good offense with a future NFL quarterback. But in terms of too many guys missing too many tackles against too many different Minnesota ball carriers and too many defensive backs misplaying the ball, even though they were close to the receiver when it came down, that's a concern and something that Ohio State will need to prove if they want to get into the top four. Georgia and Clemson each faced an elite defense, and neither offense could do anything. Both offenses managed to score just three points. Georgia's defense outscored both offenses combined with a pick six in that game. So we, there are things that we don't know, but you talk about the, um, the pageantry. My favorite thing was when Florida State's Mackenzie Milton came in, the former USC quarterback who had a catastrophic knee injury a couple of years ago, might not have been able to even walk, came back in when the starting quarterback lost his helmet, had to go out for a play, and immediately started to bring Florida State back to tie the game at the end of regulation and send it to overtime against top 10 Notre Dame. And I'll tell you, that to me was the thing that represented college football more than anything else in this week one, that the the greatness of the game that goes beyond what you see on the field in terms of entertainment, but what it means to people to see his parents in the stands, his mother crying, the announcers framing that story for what it really was, which was a triumph of overcoming a catastrophic injury. And for him to have success on the field at the same time, to bring him back to tie the game, to send it to overtime, that to me represents college football. The fact that it happened in week one after the pandemic season of 2020, to me was the perfect way to start this season. I love it. Well said, Trevor. So great to catch up with you and discuss football after a full weekend. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich of ESPN on BYU Sports Nation. Always great to have you. It's a real Maddich Monday. Yeah, hey, we're in season now. Let's go, man. Coming up, BYU to the Big 12, we have the latest. Plus, what do you think of the uniform combo for BYU football against Utah? Dive into the details. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Jaron Hall with the 39-yard run told me, oh, I felt slow. I should have slow? That. After further review, we'll break down that play and many others. we talk about the Utah game. Dave Blaine and David break down the film. After further review, available tomorrow live at 7 Eastern on the BYU app. And, of course, on demand on that same platform right after. That definitely was a sub-4940 right there. <laughs> For sure. Just putting it out there, even though he said it was slow. Yeah, slow. I think he felt like he should have scored. Man. It felt like he should have scored, let's be honest. For a moment, I thought he was going to. Yeah. With how much space he had. But, yeah. hey. First game, let's go. <laughs> and, let's see. Room to grow. He didn't take a big hit. He ran out of bounds. It's all good, man. He finished the game. He finished he the game. He finished the game. I have done that before. He is Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout the day, you can always follow our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We're in season. So we're putting out some great stuff. We'd like to think so. Let's go. All right. Time now for the Cougar Whip Around. 
presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Four sacks sufficient to please the BYU masses. I hope so. We hear all of the time how BYU needs to blitz more. They need to send more pressure. Four sacks is pretty good. Like, yeah. it, it should suffice, right? Yeah, and you don't need a blitz to get a sack. Uh, you can get home sometimes with, you know, three or four. So, yeah, four's great. And, again, Tyler Batty has five sacks in five games. boy, Tyler. He's a beast, dude. I'm very excited. And then uh, it was fun to see Peyton Wilgar uh, get in the mix. Lopa, Uriah, Tawa got one. So, that was great. Yeah, you talked about the emotions that he displayed pre-game, right? Yeah. So it was cool to see that, and then him get a sack. Yeah. Really meaningful. And it was Zoe that was very Oh, emotional. sorry, it was Lorenzo yeah, Lorenzo yeah. yeah. Really cool stuff. BYU and Utah. The line opens up with BYU as a six-point home underdog. Jerem, too high, too low, or just right? I think it's fair. That's fine. Uh, based on Utah being a ranked team and BYU not. And, and having beaten BYU nine times in a row? I mean, yeah, and I don't think Vegas cares about the streak very much. I think they just look at this matchup and location. Um, but, yeah, I think it's fair. That's fine. I think it's fair, and frankly, I like it. I like that BYU is a home underdog. The they expectation sh- is that BYU is yes. not supposed to win this game. BYU should be a dog going into the game against Utah. That's like, if you don't think that, I think you're crazy. It just It shouldn't be like 11 or even 9. I think it should be one score with you. Well, you have to wonder how much more Utah is going to jump up a new AP Top 25, which comes out tomorrow, by the way, because there is a game tonight. Eight Top 25 teams lost over the weekend. That's a lot, man. How many spots will the Utes jump up? If BYU wins, when BYU wins? Question mark. Um, does BYU get in the Top 25? I'm thinking they're just out if BYU wins the game. Big if. Let's go. He's got to win the game. Let's go. Uh, BYU wins the game. We're not going to care about the top 25. It'll just be, hey, finally the streak's over. BYU beats Utah and gets invited (laughs) to the Big 12. I think the rapture might happen. I think the rapture might happen. Thank you for that. Uh, Brian Keel said as much to me yesterday, too. Uh, What do you think of the BYU uniforms versus Utah released this morning, including the GIF helmet? Ooh, I like. Tradition. Royal tops. White stripes. White pants. Go back to the white helmets with that gray face mask, of course. They call it the Tribute gift. to Gifford Nielsen, the GIF. Yep. I like it. I love the I tradition think we have rich to call it, choice. Don't we have to call it Elder GIF out of respect at this point? We can't just call it GIF, or are we good? Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. I think it's great. And, of course, this game's being played on 9-11 on Saturday. Oh, by the way. on the back, never yeah, forget. Yes, with the two towers there. There is a stadium run to honor the emergency responders who ran into the towers on Saturday. You can sign up and get a shirt. Cost 15 bucks, basically for the shirt um, and maintenance, right? If you want to do this, I'm going to be there and doing this. I fully don't expect you coming off the money to be doing this. Well, and I wondered, like, can I walk it? Because I feel strong. I want to be there so much. Well, maybe just come and hang out. But, like, you shouldn't be running those stairs in this situation, right? Uh, But I'm going to do it. I am am going (laughs) to... It's going to be hard, man. Um, but you know what's harder? What those guys actually did in that moment, yeah. um, giving the ultimate sacrifice. So I think it's going to be an emotional uh, day, not only with the run, the tower climb honoring, but also it's 9-11, and then the emotions of playing a rivalry game, which are a different uh, emotion, right? 20 years to the day. Wild. I was a senior in high school. You were on your mission, right? Unforgettable. It was like watching a movie yeah. unfold. Yeah. I was 7,000 miles away from the continent. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was crazy, man. Remember those heroes, and we absolutely will. All right, we continue, Jerem. 
The Las Vegas Review-Journal broke some news over the weekend, reporting BYU will face Notre Dame next season at Allegiant Stadium. So does BYU playing the Irish at Allegiant Stadium somehow make it a bigger deal than hosting Notre Dame in Provo? First off, Vanquish the Foe had this info a couple months ago. So shout out to Vanquish the Foe. But it was a little more timely with BYU in Vegas, right? I get it. Um, having been there and seen that response by Cougar Nation in that stadium, obviously a home game is awesome on, on your turf. I think it's a bigger deal if it's in Vegas. I really do. If you th- So what do you value? Do you, do you value the home cooking of being in Provo? Or do you value sort of the prestige nationally that will come with playing in Vegas at that stadium? That stadium is the nicest venue I've ever been in my life. Maybe nicest building, period. Wow. Like, it was awesome. I don't know if it makes it a bigger deal or bigger game than playing in Provo. But it's a close second if it's not on. I mean, BYU in Vegas, we know it's their home away from home. Hopefully, BYU can secure enough tickets that they can make it feel like the Arizona game, right? There's no way that happens with Notre Dame. Just Notre Dame has too much. Notre Dame will have more fans than BYU. That's not a shot at BYU. Will Rudy be at the game? He said, maybe I'll run it out next year. And I was was like, who are you going to run it out for? BYU. (laughs) Okay, so it didn't matter that it, it... to me, it's I, I disagree. I think it's a bigger game in Vegas at Allegiant. Yeah. Think about like you played lowly Arizona. You know what I mean? And, but it felt massive. It's because it was in Vegas at Allegiant. It was State. a celebration of coming back to college football fans. Too. Yeah. But I think even if we had played last year, it would have felt massive there too. Playing in an NFL stadium yeah. against Notre Dame. And it's not just an NFL stadium. It's Vegas and Allegiant. I think it was deal. enhanced quite a bit. Yeah. All right. Okay, coming up, rise a shout-out to a fan who cheered herself to silence. And I finally get to discuss BYU to the Big 12 on the air. (laughs) The longing is real. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tune in to BYU Football Clinic. Sitake is the coach and Gregor Bell recap the win over Arizona. Neil Pau breaks down his touchdowns and more in the film room, and we take an in-depth look at BYU and Utah game tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern, on the BYU TV app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Hey, this BYU to the Big 12 bonanza is moving at a lightning pace. Mm-hmm. Based on an overwhelming number of reports from high-level, credible media members Collectively referring to BYU as the obvious choice for Big 12 expansion, it's hard not to feel like an invitation is imminent at this point. Yeah, that's how I feel. But is it? Good grief. It's a fluid, exciting situation, yes. And for the latest, let's go to the Big 12 expansion update desk with Ben Bagley. It's a Big 12 expansion update. Well, guys, according to reports from The Athletic, BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston will all submit individual formal applications to the Big 12 Conference early this week. Following receipt of those applications, the conference's board of directors is expected to meet and extend formal invitations to each of the schools. A source tells The Athletic this quote, We wouldn't have gotten this far if they didn't have the votes. It's like the votes are in. And finally, ESPN reports the Big 12 Conference presidents are scheduled to meet Thursday and could vote on extending invitations at that time. 
Stay tuned. So Thursday, wow. Thursday, not Friday. Yeah. Thank you, Ben Bagley, from the Big 12 Expansion Update desk. And they need 80% to pass. So if the eight remaining teams are there, they need seven of the eight, right? So, uh, and, and one report said it's a formality. Just this whole thing's a formality. So the question is, when will they vote? Thursday. They could, sounds like. So if they do, we could know Thursday that, okay, it was accepted. What Like, you need a press conference, you need an announcement, and then when would BYU be in the league? I wonder if BYU would be in the league next year. The Notre Dame game next year makes me feel like there's a possibility BYU's not in the Big 12 sure. next year. But you could still play a non-conference game there. I do want to bring this up, and there's been some great research done by our homie Matt Brown. In many, if not all, of the contracts that BYU has signed with future opponents, they've included a clause that if BYU joins another league, they're just out. They don't have to pay them off. Oh, the foresight okay. involved yeah. in that. So Very wise. There's a lot of games that BYU would have to cancel because all of a sudden your, non-conference, your non-conference games are obviously dwindled down to a couple. You play Utah every year, and then you have to decide, are you playing – Utah State, and do you play Boise State ever? Right? In Utah? And are then you, that's your off, so that's like well, your non-conference? Well, Utah, automatically. you got to play them. Come on, let's play. And then uh, then who else do you have? You have FCS one game. I would recommend that. I know some people don't like that, but in a Power 5 league. Anyways, we'll get to all those details, but I'm wondering uh, when this is going down, and then if indeed BYU is in, it feels like they are, then what? What year, and then what kind of scheduling does BYU have? Obviously, my scheduling philosophy thing just goes out the window. You're in a Power 5 league. Gone. Nicole Auerbach is reporting that the supermajority is still eight votes, meaning Texas and Oklahoma could vote no. Well, they're not going to be invited to vote. Well, appar- apparently they're supposed to be there because they're still technically in the conference. I wonder if they'll even show up. And if I'm the other eight, I don't even invite them. They have nothing to do with this. They're ticked. Why would they, they, why would they have them there? Wow. Hey, yeah, we're, to- we're meeting over here, and then you're meeting over there. Like, no. Is there an opportunity for BYU to get in the Big 12 yes. and still play Oklahoma and Texas for a few years before they yes. depart? Yes. It feels like that's a reality, that that could happen. And BYU is going to benefit greatly by being independent and being able to jump as soon as it can. One question I do have in this that I want to talk to Tom about eventually is, what's the relationship like with ESPN relative to this move? Because BYU is going to break a contract with ESPN, to go to that maybe BYU has a clause in there as well. Well, Not to mention the Big 12 sent a cease and desist. Sorry, yeah, to ESPN, like, hey, stop finagling with this. So I imagine that in the contract there has been conversation like, hey, if we have the chance to jump, you know, we're going to do that. And on Saturday, on Countdown to Kickoff, Dave McCann asked Tom Homel about where BYU and the Big 12 stand right now. I love that everybody's talking about BYU this week, and we have a big game here tonight. I think I've said it, if I've said it once, I've said it 300 times over the last 17 years. We're going to put ourselves in a position where we have our student-athletes being able to play against the very best athletes and teams in the country. And when we were in the Mountain West, we tried everything we could to play non-conference games and the really good teams in the conference. And then when we went independent, we expanded that quest. And we've continued to grow. And now we're at a spot right now where we just keep trying to keep that, um, that quest alive. And so we'll see what happens. 
Uh, yes, we will. The quest. That didn't work in 08, but I think this one's going to work. <laughs> so last week, uh, amidst my comeback from the COVID pneumonia scenario, I couldn't help. I was too excited. I couldn't help but get involved in the speculation, the hypotheticals. Okay. Of course. If these four teams are going yeah. and they join the eight, how would they break up the two divisions? And I'm in favor of give me BYU versus all of the Texas schools because it's a two-hour flight, mm-hmm. TCU, Texas Tech, and Baylor, Houston, and then Oklahoma State. Give me Oklahoma State, the four Texas schools, with BYU in the Big 12 West, we'll call it. And in the Big 12 East, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, Cincinnati, West Virginia, and UCF. Yeah. And I had a few people respond to me saying, oh, the Big 12 East would be a cakewalk. And I'm looking at it going, uh... Iowa State's ranked number seven. Cincinnati's ranked number eight. UCF's not a cakewalk, and neither is West Virginia. Cakewalk is Kansas. Kansas. But then in basketball, they come twice as strong. Which, by the way, I talked to someone uh, about this related to the Big 12, what kind of basketball league that would be. Ken Palm numbers indicate that that conference would be the number one basketball conference in the country. Holy shnikes! How about that? I do want to talk for a brief moment about... The mindset that will quickly start to happen if it hasn't already happened, that we've been annoyed with about Utah, that will happen with us with Power 5 stuff. I passed the Thomas and Mac Friday afternoon, and this thought occurred to me immediately. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. oh look at that group of five venue. Oh, it happened, and I was so disappointed. I was like, no, don't be a snob. We're going to get snobby about this. Just have a little chill. Let's just be cool. I know we're probably not. It's just a thought I had. Just don't be, <laughs> don't be a Utah that, fan, Jerem. That I'm ashamed of. Don't yeah. don't go buy the Big Twelve sticker. Well, I am put a, it on your car. I did tweet Friday night. Who's putting up that billboard? Welcome now to the Big Twelve country. Now that's different. That's, a, that's a, that would be an amazing <laughs> troll job. BYU fans, don't stoop. Don't do go, it. Don't go get the Big Twelve sticker. Oh, someone do in the billboard. Blue. Someone do yes. the billboard. Yes. The Point billboard. of the mountain. I fifteen south. I'm fine with that. Buy unique. Yes. I'm fine with that. Just don't make the Big 12 stickers. <laughs> don't do it. Come on. I might get a Big 12 tattoo. Let's go. Coming up. No way. Our prop pick recap. And rise and shout. Quite literally, because the Cougars were definitely out and losing their voices in Vegas. Sacrifice your vocal cords for the betterment of BYU football. This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. I just keep thinking about that billboard at Point of the Mountain, Jerem. we got to look into our budget. Maybe we'll just... BYU uh, gets an invite to the Big 12. Yeah, maybe we'll just put that up. Who knows? All right, let's recap our first prop pick results. From the 2021 BYU football season for the game against Arizona, prop pick one, Jerem, we asked the question, who will score the first points for BYU this season? Brian Logan and I both score points as we had Tyler Algier getting the first score. You went with Jaron Hall. Didn't happen. All right. So one point for below and for myself. First reception. None of us get it. It was Mason Wake. Ugh. Should have gone with Mason Wake, right? Well, yeah, in hindsight, sure. The fullback's always doing something. 
What year was it that uh, it was twenty? Braden Elbakri. Twenty sixteen. Braden Arizona. It's always the fullbacks. Yeah, we're like, who's Braden Elbakri? That's what we thought in the moment. Prop pick number three. <laughs> Will there be more Jaron Hall touchdown passes or Ryan Rico punts, mm-hmm. and how many? Brian Logan takes the point here. He nailed it right on the number. Ryan Rico, he said, would have five punts. Jaron Hall had two touchdown passes, so Belo gets two points. I have one. Jerem, you're still searching for your first. Now yeah. Here, here, unfortunately for Brian, Jerem, his take that BYU shouldn't go to the Big 12 is a whammy. Yeah, that one's bad. So Start he wipes right. out any further points or potential to score for the rest of the season. Yes, exactly. So you're zero. I'm Ryan. glad that we could come to that decision. Okay. <laughs> Unofficially. <laughs> Our question of the day. What was the best thing you saw on Saturday at the BYU-Arizona game? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at KSAV07 on Twitter. BYU fans overwhelming a weak U of A chant with a massive BYU chant. It was incredible. It was incredible. It really was. Once that momentum started to swing to Arizona. Good job. Good effort. Yeah, no. You and your 12,000 fans or whatever you had there. I think they should have told them it was a basketball game, honestly. Right? Good grief. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. How about this? This is Leilani Stott. Her daughter, also named Leilani, sent us this video of her mom with the after effects of cheering from the nosebleeds at Allegiant Stadium. Mom, what did you think of the game last night? It was amazing. <laughs> what was that? It was complete. <laughs> Can we can't hear her. It's great. Wait, wait, what? What'd you say? <laughs> That's awesome, man. Mother of seven, outstanding BYU fan. That's awesome, dude. Our I thanks love to it. today's guest, Trevor Maddich. Sorry to Dennis Pitt, I ran out of time. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Wayne Latu. Watch a brand new episode of Coordinator's Corner live on the BYU TV app in two minutes. There's Greg Rebell and Eric Roderick. Go Cougs!